0: Day 41, God's love letter to you, Acts of the Apostles 13. Barnabas and Saul are commissioned. Among the prophets and teachers of the church of Antioch in Syria were Barnabas, Simeon, called the black man, Lucius from Cyrene, Manan, the childhood companion of King Herod Antipas, and Saul. One day these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting. The Holy Spirit said, Appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. Paul's first missionary journey. So Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. They went down to the seaport of Seleucia and then sailed for the island of Cyprus. There, in the town of Salamis, they went to the Jewish synagogues and preached the word of God. John Mark went with them as their assistant. Afterward, they traveled from from town to town across the entire island until finally they reached Cephas, where they met a Jewish sorcerer, a false prophet named Barjesus. He had attached himself to the governor, Sergius Paulus, who was an intelligent man. The governor invited Barnabas and Saul to visit him, for he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elemas, the sorcerer, as his name means in Greek, interfered and urged the governor to pay no attention to what Barnabas and Saul said. He was trying to keep the governor from believing. Saul, also known as Paul, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he looked the sorcerer in the eye. Then he said, You, son of devil, full of every sort of deceit and fraud and enemy of all that is good, will you never stop perverting the true ways of the Lord? Watch now, for the Lord has laid his hand of punishment upon you, and you will be struck blind. You will not see the sunlight for some time. Instantly, mist and darkness came over the man's eyes, and he began groping around, begging for someone to take his hand and lead them. When the governor saw what had happened, he became a believer, for he was astonished at, at the teaching about the Lord. Paul preaches in Antioch of Pisidia. Paul and his companions then left Paphos for, by ship for Pomphylia, landing at the port town of Perga. Then John, Mark, left them and returned to Jerusalem. But Paul and Barnabas traveled inland to Antioch of Phasidia. On the Sabbath, they went to the synagogue for the services. After the usual readings from the book of Moses and the prophets, those in charge of the service sent them this message. Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, come and give it. So Paul stood, lifted his hand to quiet them, and started speaking. Men of Israel, he said... And you, God-fearing Gentiles, listen to me. The God of this nation of Israel chose our ancestors and made them multiply and grow strong during their stay in Egypt. Then with a powerful arm, he led them out of their slavery. He put up with them through, through 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Then he destroyed seven nations in Canaan and gave their land to Israel as an inheritance. All this took about 450 years. After that, God gave them judges to rule until the time of Samuel the prophet. Then the people begged for a king, and God gave them Saul of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, who reigned for 40 years. But God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything that I want him to do. And it is one of King David's descendants, Jesus, who is God's promised Savior of Israel. Before he came, John the Baptist preached that all the people of Israel needed to repent of their sins and turn to God and be baptized. As John was finishing his ministry, he asked, You think I am the Messiah? No, I am not. But he is coming soon, and I am not even worthy to be his slave and untie the sandals of his feet. Brothers, you sons of Abraham, and also you God-fearing Gentiles, this message of salvation has been sent to us. The people in Jerusalem and their leaders did not recognize Jesus as, the one, as one of the prophets who had spoken about. Instead, they condemned him, and in this they fulfilled the prophet's words that are read every Sabbath. They found no legal reason to execute him, but they asked Pilate to have him killed anyway. When they had done all that the prophecies said to him, They took him down from the cross and placed him in the tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and over a period of many days he appeared to those who had gone with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witness to the people of Israel. And now we are here to bring you this good news. The promise was made to our ancestors, and God has now fulfilled it for us, their descendants, by raising Jesus. This is what the second psalm says about Jesus. You are my son, Today I have become your father, for God had promised to raise him from the dead, not leaving him to rot in the grave. He said, I will give you the sacred blessings, the sacred blessings I promised to David. Another Psalm explains it to me fully. You will not allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. This is not a reference to David, for after David had done the will of God in his own generation, he died and was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. No, it was a reference to someone else, someone who God raised and whose body did not decay. Brothers, listen. We are here to proclaim that through this man Jesus there is forgiveness for your sins. Everyone who believes in him made right in God's sight. Everyone who believes in him is made right in God's sight, something the law of Moses could never do. Be careful. Don't let the prophet's words apply for you. They said, "Look, you mockers, be amazed and die, for I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe, even if someone told you about it. As Paul and Barnabas left the synagogue that day, the people begged them to speak about these things again next week. Many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, and two men urged them to continue to rely on the grace of God. Paul turns to the Gentiles. The following week, almost the entire city turned out to hear them preach the word of the Lord. But when some of the Jews saw the crowds, they were so jealous. So they slandered Paul and argued against whatever he said. Then Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and declared, It was necessary that we first preach the word of God to you Jews. But since you have rejected it and judged yourself unworthy of eternal life, we will offer it to the Gentiles. For the Lord gave us this command when he said, I have made you a light to the Gentiles to bring salvation to the farthest corners of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were very glad and thanked the Lord for his message. And all who were chosen for eternal life became believers. So the Lord's message spread throughout that region. Then the Jews stirred up the influential religious women and the leaders of the city, and they incited a mob against Paul and Barnabas and ran them out of town. So they shook the dust from their feet as a sign of rejection and went to the town of Iconium. And the believers were filled with joy in the Holy Spirit. Genesis 43, the brothers returned to Egypt, but the famine continued to ravage the land of Canaan. When the grain they had brought from Egypt was almost gone, Jacob said to his sons, go back and buy us a little more food. But Judah said, the man was serious when he warned us, you won't see my face again unless your brother is with you. If you send Benjamin with us, we will go down and buy more food. But if you don't let Benjamin go, we won't go either. Remember, the man said, you won't see my face again unless your brother is with you. Why were you so cool to me? Jacob moaned. Why did you tell him you had another brother? The man, ke- the man kept asking us questions about our family, they replied. He asked, is your father still alive? Do you have another brother? So we answered his questions. How could we know he would say, bring your brother down here? Judah said to his father, send the boy with me and we will be on our way. Otherwise, we will all die of starvation, and not only we, but you, and our little ones. I personally guarantee his safety. You may hold me responsible if I don't bring him back to you. Then let me bear the blame forever. If we, had wasted, if we hadn't wasted all this time, we could have gone and returned twice by now. So their father, Jacob, finally said to them, If it can't be avoided, then at least do this. Pack your bags with the best products of this land. Take them down to the man as gifts balm honey gum aromatic resin pistachio nuts and almonds also take double the money that was put back in your sacks as it was probably someone's mistake then take your brother and go back to the man may god almighty give you mercy as you go before the man so that he will release simeon and let benjamin return but if i must lose my children so be it so the men packed jacob's gifts and doubled the money and headed off with benjamin They finally arrived in Egypt and presented themselves to Joseph. When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the manager of his household, These men will eat with me this noon, take them inside the palace, then go slaughter an animal and prepare a big feast. So the man did as Joseph told him and they took them into Joseph's palace. The brothers were terrified when they saw that they were being taken into Joseph's house. It's because of the money someone put in our sacks the last time we were here, they said. He plans to pretend that we stole it. Then he will seize us, make us slaves, and take our donkeys. A feast at Joseph's palace. The brothers approached the manager of Joseph's household and spoke to him at the entrance of the palace. Sir, they said, we came to Egypt once before to buy our food. But as we were returning home, we stopped for the night and opened our sacks. Then we discovered that each man's money, the exact amount paid, was in the top of his sack. Here it is. We have brought it back with us. We also have additional money to buy more food. We have no idea who put our money in our sacks. Relax, don't be afraid, the household manager told them. Your God, the God of your father, must have put this treasure into your sacks. I know I received your payment. Then he released Simeon and brought him out to them. The manager then led the men into Joseph's palace. He gave them water to wash their feet and provided food for their donkeys. They were told that they would be eating there, so they prepared their gifts for Joseph's arrival at noon. When Joseph came home, they gave him the gifts they had brought him, then bowed low to the ground before him. After greeting them, he asked, How is your father, the old man you spoke about? Is he still alive? Yes, they replied. Our father, your servant, is alive and well. And then they bowed low again. Then Joseph looked at his brother Benjamin, the son of his own mother. Is this your youngest brother, the one you told me about? Joseph asked, May God be gracious to you, my son. Then Joseph hurried from the room because he was overcome with emotion for his brother. He went into his private room where he broke down and wept. After washing his face, he came back out, keeping himself under control. Then he ordered, bring out the food. The waiter served Joseph at his own table and his brothers were served at a separate table. The Egyptians who ate with Joseph sat at their own table because Egyptians despised Hebrews and refused to eat with them. Joseph told each of his brothers where to sit, and to their amazement he seated them according to age, from oldest to youngest. And Joseph filled their plates with food from his own table, giving Benjamin five times as much as he gave the others. So they feasted and drank freely with him. Genesis 44, Joseph's silver cup. When his brothers were ready to leave, Joseph gave these instructions to his palace manager. Fill each of these sacks with as much grain as they can carry and put each man's money back into his sack. Then put my personal silver cup at the top of the youngest brother's sack, along with the money for his grain. So the manager did as Joseph instructed him. The brothers were up at dawn and were sent on their journey with their loaded donkeys. But when they had gone only a short distance and were barely out of the city, Joseph said to his palace manager, Chase after them and stop them. When you catch up to them, ask them. "'Why have you repaid my kindness with such evil? "'Why have you stolen my master's silver cup, "'which he uses to predict the future? "'What a wicked thing you have done!' "'When the palace manager caught up with the men, "'he spoke to them as he had been instructed. "'What are you talking about?' the brothers responded. "'We are your servants and would never do such a thing. "'Didn't we return the money we found in our sacks? "'We brought it back all the way from the land of Canaan. "'Why would we steal silver or gold from your master's house?' If you find his cup with any of us, let that man die, and all the rest of us, my lord, will be your slaves. That's fair, the man replied, but only the one who stole the cup will be my slave. The rest of you may go free. They all quickly took their sacks from the backs of their donkeys and opened them. The palace manager searched the brothers' sacks from oldest to the youngest, and the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. When the brothers saw this, they tore their clothing in despair. Then they loaded their donkeys again and returned to the city. Joseph was still in his palace when Judah and his brothers arrived and they fell to the ground before him. What have you done? Joseph demanded. Don't you know that a man like me can predict the future? Judah answered, Oh, my Lord, what can we say to you? How can we explain this? How can we prove our innocence? God is punishing us for our sins, my Lord. We have all returned to be your slaves, all of us, not just our brother who had your cup in his sack. No, Joseph said, I would never do such a thing. Only the man who stole the cup will be my slave. The rest of you will go back to your father in peace. Judah speaks for his brothers. Then Judah stepped forward and said, Please, my lord, let your servant say just one let your servant say just one word to you. Please do not be angry with me, even though you are as powerful as the Pharaoh himself. My lord, previously you asked us, your servants, do you have a father or brother? And we responded, Yes, my Lord, we have a father who is an old man, and his youngest son is a child of his old age. His full brother is dead, and he alone left his mother's children, and his father loves him very much. And you said to us, Bring him here so I can see him with my own eyes. But we said to you, My Lord, the boy cannot leave his father, for his father would die. But you told us, Unless your younger brother comes with you, you will never see my face again. So we returned to to your servant, our father, and told him what you said. Later, when he said, go back again and buy us more food, we replied, we can't go unless our youngest brother go with us. We'll never get to see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. Then my father said to us, as you know, my wife had two sons, and one of them went away and never returned. Doubtless, he was torn to pieces by some wild animal. I have never seen him since. Now if you take his brother away from me and any harm comes to him, you will send this grieving white-haired man to his grave. And now, my Lord, I cannot go back to my father without the boy. Our father's life is bound up in the boy's life. If he sees that the boy is not with us, our father will die. We, your servants, will indeed be responsible for sending that grieving white-haired man to his grave. My Lord, I guarantee that my father, I guaranteed my father that I would take care of the boy. I told him, if I don't bring him back to you, I will bear the blame forever. So please, my Lord, let me stay here as a slave instead of the boy, and let the boy return with his brothers. For how can I return to my father if the boy is not with me? I couldn't bear to see the anguish this would cause my father. Psalms forty one. Oh, the joys of those who are kind to the poor! The Lord rescues them when they are in trouble. The Lord protects them and keeps them alive. He gives them prosperity in the land and rescues them from their enemies. The Lord nurses them when they are sick and restores them to health. O oh Lord, I prayed, have mercy on me. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. But my enemies say nothing evil about me. How soon will he die and be forgotten, they ask. They visit me as if I, they were my friends. But all the while they gather gossip. And when they leave, they spread it everywhere. All who hate me whisper about me, imagining the worst. He has some fatal disease, they say. He will never get out of that bed. Even my best friend, the one I trusted completely, the one who shared my food, has turned against me. Lord, have mercy on me. Make me well again so I can pay them back. I know that you are pleased with me, for you have not let my enemies triumph over me. You have preserved my life because I am innocent and have brought me into your presence forever. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who lives from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen.